I want to tell you what a blessing that uh, it has been uh, for Janet and I to be with you again. It, it's always an honor uh, to, to go anywhere and preach, but it is a greater honor to be asked to return. And so, Pastor Shane, I, I sure do love you, son, and I appreciate you, and I'm so proud of you. And uh, I thank God for you and sweet Miriam. I remember y'all just kids. I mean, just kids. I looked at her the other night, and I thought, my soul, there's Miriam. And uh, it's just uh, it's a blessing uh, to be with you. Love you and your sweet family. Uh, folks, y'all, y'all love this young man and support him and follow him. He's God's man, and, uh, and he's, he's going to preach this book, and you stand with him. I believe the greater days are the days ahead for your church. And, and I, I sure do love your staff. You've got such a wonderful pastoral staff. Your administrative staff is so uh, wonderful here. They've been so kind and gracious. And, uh, and your pastoral staff, I, I appreciate old David. I, go out, I got to go out to the Ponderosa today, and uh, we punched some cows. And I got to look around and uh, just uh, love David, Miss Donna, and I appreciate them. Uh, I've known David longer than I've known Shane. And it was just by the providence of God that I sat down beside that wild man from Georgia at the First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. I was 27 years old. He was about 27 years old. And I had never met anybody that loved Jesus like that before. And as I said, as they got to preaching, he got to hollering and liked to beat me half to death <laughs> beside me. I told some y'all going to have to sit by that guy. That guy liked to kill me. But uh, love David very, very much, and I appreciate you, buddy. appreciate you so much. And uh, Justin, I appreciate you. Uh, thank God for you where you're at, Just. There you are. Okay. Amen. I appreciate Justin and, and uh, Mark, your kindness. And I, I got to meet uh, Mrs. Justin Alicia and Mrs. Mark Brandy, right? So I know I just call you Miss Preacher. Amen. So, and... Uh, and then for Nate, appreciate you, Nate. You're very kind. And Chris, Clark Kent. <laughs> I've been looking down. I told my wife, I said, they got a guy who looks like Superman there. <laughs> Amen. He's a, he's a sweet, sweet brother. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And I want to tell you something. Oh, Super Phil. Where you at, Phil? Amen. You're here? He's in a... Oh, there you are. Okay, I'm glad you stayed. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> Amen. 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 I, I, sure do, I sure do love you, Phil. You've done such a good job. Folks, y'all are so blessed to have these wonderful young men, and I had the privilege this week to, to share with them and listen to them, and they're gifted, godly young men. And uh, I, I tell you what, y'all have got everything here with your leadership, uh, with the passion, uh, and most of all with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's so many people need to be saved. And y'all, I pray that God's going to broaden your horizon and you'll see more people come to Jesus than than has ever come to Jesus. And as I told you before, and I'll tell you again, Miss Janet's here. It scares her. First time I ever did this, it scared her to death. Uh, I I just, she said, Danny, what we going to do if it happens? What we going to do? I said, don't worry, honey. But what I want to tell you is this. If y'all ever come to Mississippi, y'all come see us. Y'all come. You can sleep in our home. You can eat our food. You can drive Janet's car. You can drive my truck. Come one at a time. Call before you come. If I start coughing real hard, you'll know that Pastor Shane's already over there. Amen? And I'll have to put you on the waiting list. Well, we've had a wonderful week, and I, I want to say this to you. You've been so kind and gracious, and I appreciate you because you've invested in us this week. Uh, I have been encouraged uh, by being here this week. Jan's been encouraged by being here this week. And just being able to study the Word of God together. And, Pastor, I know you're so blessed to see so many people come every night wanting to hear and study the Word of God. And so, thank you for your graciousness and kindness, for your excellent accommodations. Never been anywhere, been treated any better. Uh, Y'all just a gracious bunch of folks, and I did do hope that somebody brought some of those peanuts tonight. But anyway, we're going to, I'm picking at you, all right? 
We have studied the first four chapters of the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is a book of conquest. Conquest. Those first four chapters we have dealt with, dealt with the fact that Joshua brought them into the land of Canaan. We studied about how that victory is something that every believer should have. It's something that God has for you. And if you don't have it, it's not God's fault. God has made it available. Then we looked at, on Sunday evening, we, we looked at how that we are to prepare. If we're going somewhere, we have faith. We, we get ready for it. And what's the principle that we learned? God will only give to me what I am prepared to receive. Then we looked at the power of the position of God, that it is nothing about us, it is about Him. Everything in the life of a believer and in the life of a church should be focused on Him. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but think about this. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, gave that promise. If he's lifted up, he'll draw all men into himself. So what that means is that that we as the body come together, if we lift up Jesus, Jesus promised that he's going to draw people to himself. And so what should be the supernatural outcome of that is the fact that it ought to be conducive in every church for people to be saved. It'll be easy for people to be saved. I'll never forget, and churches go through seasons, but I'll never forget we were in a season where there were just people. I mean, we, and we, we believe this. We try to baptize. We want to baptize every week. And baptizing, I was on the road traveling, coming in and preaching and helping my pastor about once a month. And, and just God was blessing and people being saved and people being one to Christ. And one Sunday, a little girl in the church came out and told my pastor this. She said, Brother Malcolm, you forgot to baptize tonight. And it so took all of us is that she had grown up in a church where that happened every week. And she thought that we'd forgotten to do what we normally do. Boy, don't you want to be in a place like that? See, that's the norm. That's the way the church should function. Then we, we looked at last evening about the stones. How that there has to be some places in our life where you put down that rock that I mean you get marred up in it that in other words this is where you are you know exactly what God has done you know what God has done and and nothing can change that you know what he says you know that he's true and, and that you're willing to lay down your life upon that because of what he has said and what he has done they got across the land last night across the river into the land Now, how will we sum this up? Remember that the land of rest is still a land of conflict. And you cannot enter into rest if there's no conflict. Now, this is a hard principle for us to learn because it's not fun. We we like the good times. But I want to tell you something, folks. I'm not always, gee whiz, hallelujah. Are you that way? Huh? No. I mean, as I told you, we're headed to the sweet by and by, but we live in the nasty now and now. 
And sometimes, sometimes it's tough. We don't go by our emotions. We cannot go by our feelings because they're the most messed up thing about us. We have to go by faith. We have to go by fact of what God says. But don't you understand? Don't you listen to me? If you're serving God, it is not going to be passive. It is going to be active. And what that is going to involve is movement. Do you realize in all of what we've studied in these first four chapters, there's been movement? Yeah, they stopped. They waited. They prepared. They, but, but what the ultimate goal is to move. We've got to get over there. Now, movement always causes friction. If you could see with your natural eye, me just walking right across here, that if you could see it, there would be sparks flying off my shoes. Why? Because I'm moving. It's creating friction. Why? Because, because of the sinful world that we live in, that response against movement is always going to create friction. And the hardest thing for people to do, and I'm a people, so I'm talking about me, is move. We like things the way they are. Okay? Reuben, Gad, Manasseh, we studied that. They stayed over there. God let them stay. So if you want to, you know, if you, you're determined to stay right here, God lets you stay here. God's not a tyrant. I told our people 10 years ago, I said, now I want you to listen to me. We're not being prideful or boastful, anything like that. But I want you to understand, I believe what this book says. And according to what this book says, we're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. Our mission, our goal is we're headed to Jesus. And we want to take as many people as we can to heaven with us. Introduce people to Jesus. I said, now the train's going to pull out of the station. And don't you listen to me. Some of you are not going to make it. I told them that before they ever called me. I said, we're not going to go off and leave you. But we're going to grow off and leave you. Because there's some people that will never, never want to move forward with God. Why? Because they like it the way it is. You hear me? I used to do this. Well, you don't have to do it. Why? We got, you can do something else. We got plenty. In other words, God raises up people. God is raising you up. I mean, you're here for a purpose. God wants you in the promised land and now these next 20 chapters is going to deal with the fact, okay, are we going to do what God says? Man, look what God's done here. Look at the blessings God has given you. But there are more. Sometimes we just kind of say, well, you know, things are going real good right now. We just kind of coast. We can't do that. We can't do that. And so we have to be involved in the process. And if we are involved in the process, then there's going to be resistance. You understand that? Going to be resistance. But you see, that's how we gain strength. That's why weight training, resistant training, is so important because it makes you strong because it breaks down and then builds up, breaks down and builds up, and each time getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And so what happens here, they're across the river. They have recommitted to the covenant of God. They have refreshed. They have refocused. They have renewed this covenant with God and the Bible says the manna cease. Why? Because you can eat big boy food now. 
You hear me? I, I hear those people say, well, pastor, I'm not going there because I don't get fed. I told somebody one day, won't you just scoot on up closer to the table? And somebody said, well, I, I don't know. I said, let me tell you something. A man with a, for a man with a sour stomach, nothing on the table looks good. You see, what happens in many places, when, the, when this book starts being preached, when God starts moving, it's going to divide. It's going to separate. It separates. And, and, and some folks can't handle the word. They can't. And so what happens here, they've renewed the covenant, but what is ahead of them? Are they supposed to sit down and say, hallelujah, we're over here, we're going to eat the, the, the corn, and we're going to have these wonderful grapes and pomegranates and all this food, and we, man, we're just going to have a glorious time. No. There's a Jericho. You see, there's a Jericho. Once you cross the river, you've got to keep going. You've got to fight. As I told you, there's no blessing without the battle. And what we've done as believers, we have forgotten, we've become spiritual pacifists. We have forgotten the conflict of Calvary. We have forgotten the militant side of the cross. We're in a war with hell. Listen, chapter number 5. Verse 14. Let's read verse 13. The Bible said the manna had ceased. They ate of the fruit of the land. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. There's a Jericho. You've got a Jericho in your life. Okay? 90-foot walls. 30 feet thick. Could race chariots around on it. Two and a half to three miles in circumference. I mean, it's overwhelming. He'd never seen anything like it. He lifted up his eyes and he looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him. There was somebody standing there. With his sword drawn in his hand. Now, Joshua's a smart guy. Look what he says. And Joshua went up unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? In other words, he said, Hey, <laughs> who you with? You know? Oh, Nate stood beside me. Nate, you're, you're a pretty good sized young'un. I'd hate to have to feed you. <laughs> I felt, I'm, I'm, I'm real short. We're kin to Zacchaeus, our lineage. If we did ancestry, go back to that. We little people. But, man, he made me feel small. But you know what? I'm glad we're on the same side. That's right. So, so understand this. Joshua, he says, you know what? I don't know who you are, but the first thing I want to know is who you with. Are you on our side? Are you on their side? Now, look what it says. And he said, the Lord said, no, nay. But as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. Hallelujah. Who is this? It's Jesus. It's a theopony, a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lamb of God. Jesus steps out of glory, finally have got him across the river. Hallelujah. They're shouting in heaven. And Jesus said, I'm going down there. And Jesus, the captain of the host of the armies of the Lord, King Jesus, the captain of our salvation. Now, y'all bear with me tonight. I may get a little excited. Listen. It says that he came down. It says, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he did worship. So angel wouldn't do that. <laughs> angel can't do that. You're not going to worship me. And you read the scriptures over and over. They say, no, don't, you know, don't, don't worship me. Don't worship me. And said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? Man, Joshua figured out real quick. He said, you know what? What do we need to do? Tell me what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. He didn't ask him why. He didn't ask him how. He said, what do you want me to do, Lord? 
And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. You know what Jesus told him? He said, Joshua, you need to take your shoes off. Hmm? Because you need to understand that where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. <laughs> Woo! You know what's wrong with most Baptists? We've got two pair of shoes, too many. Hmm? Well, my wife likes shoes. I mean, we got married, goodness knows. Son, you told me you're about to get married here one of these days soon. And I'm going to tell you something. Women like shoes. They do. I thought we was going to get a truck to move all her shoes. <laughs> and then you're going to understand if they got shoes, they got to have them a purse to go with those shoes. We got it, son. You, you need to deal with this before you ever get married. Okay? That's right. Yeah. Is your, is your wife here? Soon to be here? Is she, she should be? Okay. Hey, he's sweating up here, sister. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, Joshua. Get your shoes off. Have, have y'all heard that before in the Bible? The one who led them out of Egypt. God said, take your shoes off, Moses. It's holy. Joshua, going to lead the people to conquer Canaan. Take your shoes off. Holy. Nothing between me and you. Y'all hang on. It's going to get good. What is he telling him? Verse 1 of chapter 6. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up. In other words, they were locked up. I mean, they were sealed up because of the children of Israel. Why was that? Remember what Rahab told in chapter 2? Hey, so we know who you are. We know who, we know who is with you. None went out, none went in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thou shalt do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people. Did y'all hear that? All the people. Not two. Not five. All the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. It's going to implode. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now what happens here? The Lord God tells him, Joshua, you're over here now. I've come to tell you this personally. I'm going to give you my plan. You do what I say, and the victory is already won. Same thing for us. How do we apply this that we've studied? How do we apply the first four chapters and these things we've talked about? This is how we do it. First of all, we listen to the Word of the Lord. Say that with me. Listen to the Word of the Lord. What did Paul say in Romans? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God. So what does the Lord do? The Lord comes. Jesus Himself comes. Now folks, you think about this. This is Jesus, the Creator of the universe. Jesus comes, and he is standing there, and Joshua sees him, and he is so captivated. Can you imagine what he looked like? Wow. 
And he is standing there with that glistening sword, and I believe the glory of God all. I mean, he's God. And Joshua, it captivates his attention, and he says, who are you? Who are you? You know, ladies and gentlemen, we have forgotten who God is. We've made God in our own image. We have forgotten who He is. We've forgotten that He is a God of holiness and righteousness. He is a God of glory. He is beyond our comprehension. He's bigger than our little theology. He's bigger than anything we can comprehend. The universe can't contain Him. But He said, I'll come and dwell in your heart. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. He is beyond comprehension. Oh, listen to me. Who are you? And he said, I'm the captain of the army of heaven. Hey, did y'all know? You know, listen, I was old, David, I saw a horse today. I don't do horses. I don't want a boat, and I don't want a horse. I just don't feel led to have either one of them. Okay? Right. I got on a horse when I was 12. And it threw me over a hay rake. And my uncle asked me to get back on it, and I said, I ain't stupid. I'm not going to do it. And I don't care about riding a horse. That's just not my thing. But let me tell you something. If you're saved, one day we're going we're gonna to ride a horse. Amen? Isn't that going to be awesome? Because we're going to be part of the army. The thing about it, we're not going to do anything but ride. <laughs> we're going to be riding. I mean, right beside you, David. Yeah. Be shouting glory. You say, oh, you're talking about that, 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 that battle, that last battle? That, yeah, I'm talking about that. And, it, and people think, boy, there's bombs going off and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be that way. The Bible says out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. Jesus is going to say two words, drop dead, and that's the end of it. That's it. It's over. My goodness, how did I get in Revelation? We're in Joshua. <laughs> Listen to the word of the Lord. So, so what did he say? He says, he said, I'm the, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. This is the Son of God speaking, Jesus Christ himself speaking to him. And what does he do? He's coming to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, pay attention. Pay attention. Now, guys, did your wife ever had to tell you to put your phone down? No pointing fingers. Miss <laughs> Janet would be pointing at me. But you, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, guys, listen, ladies, men can't, we can't do but one thing at one time. I'm sorry, okay? We're just stupid. I'm just, I mean, that's all there is to it, okay? You, you, can, you can cook. You can cook. You can, you can have a baby on your hip, talk on the telephone, and be telling the kids what to do at the same time. We can't do that. We do one thing. So that's the reason when we're watching a football game and you are trying to have an in-depth conversation with us and then you come around and say, you ain't heard a word I said. <laughs> yes, we heard it. We do not have the capability of processing it. My youngest son's 32. He's a graphic designer. He worked for Lifeway for several years and then Crossway. But let me tell you what he did to me one day. And this got my attention, man. Exactly what happens here with Joshua. God said, pay attention. Micah was talking to me one day. He's a little bitty guy. He's about five. He, you know, and he's just talking to me, and I'm watching this game, and I hear him talking. I can hear it. I'm not processing it. And all of a sudden, he comes over to my chair. He crawls up in the chair with me. He gets on top of me, in front, between me and the TV. 
And I, I mean, here he is, and he, he gets my face. And he looks at his little eyes and he says, Daddy, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Now, ladies, y'all don't do that. And you know what? God said, that's, that's what I have to do to you sometime. I have to do you like that sometime. Wow. Things we can learn from our children, amen? So we, we listen to the word of the Lord. Th then we learn the will of the Lord. Okay, Joshua says, okay, you got my attention. Who are you? Lord tells him. Whose side you're on? I love this. You know what Jesus told him? He said, Joshua, I didn't come down here to take sides. I come down here to take over. You understand that? It's not about whose side you're on. I tell you what, you better be with Jesus. You better be with Jesus. He said, I've come to take over. I am the Lord. I'm giving you marching orders. And this is the will of God. So God speaks to him. And the Lord tells him, as you go into chapter 6, he revealed to him the will of God. Listen to me, students. Listen to me. I, I meet students all the time that they say, Pastor said, you know, how do I know, Brother Dan? How do I know the will of God? How, I want to do the will of God. I, I know God has something for me. How do I know? And they struggle with it. There's some adults that struggle with it. Am I doing the will of God? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Let me tell you something. If you love Jesus, and by the best of your ability that God's given you, you are doing everything within you to serve him. You believe what he says in this book. You don't have to worry about finding the will of God. The will of God is going to find you. Bloom where you're planted. Do what you're supposed to. Quit comparing yourself with other people and say, well, I don't do what she does and I don't do what he does and I can't do. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to be the best you that God created you to be and there's not another one on the planet that you can compare yourself to because you are the only one. And you can do something. So you learn the will of God. God said, okay, this is my will. Got you out of Egypt. Got you out of the wilderness. You crossed over Jordan. You've renewed your covenant with me. Now, first problem, Jericho. Let me tell you what. In the life of believers, we don't really have problems. We have opportunities. See, all the opportunity is is a problem turned inside out. It's an opportunity for God to be glorified in our life. And so he says, now, here's Jericho. Now, why, why did they have to deal with Jericho? They've camped at Gilgal. They're about a two-hour march from Jericho. Why did they have to deal with Jericho? Because, ladies and gentlemen, Jericho was the main object in the way. It was the main problem of getting into the land. If you don't take down Jericho, you won't be able, you'll never fight anybody else because it's in the way. Folks, there are many people today that they're trying to bypass their Jericho and get in the battle and do this and do that, and they're totally out of the will of God because God's will is the next thing, what do you do? Joshua, y'all go over there, do what I say, and we're going to take this city. I'm going to show you something. You think the water opening with something, you wait to 90 feet walls fall down flat. That's the will of the Lord. The will of God. There are senior adults that sometimes say, well, Pastor, I, 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 can't, I can't go on a mission trip. I'm not physically able. I can't. But you know what? I got some people like that. And you know what they do? They pay for other people to go. And those people that are over there, as they stand and witness, those people who sent them are right there with them. And there are other folks, they say, well, I don't have the money to help somebody, but all I can do is pray. All you can do is pray, 
my soul. That's, that's the greatest thing you can do. Man, I want people praying for me. Pray. Pray. Get hold of heaven. Pray. You learn the will of the Lord. Then you love the way of the Lord. Look what it says, verse 3. He says, you go around the city, you do it six days. You do it six days. Victory will come if you follow my command. In other words, you got to do it my way. Now, this doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, we, we, I know what we've done. We, we've already got a committee. Y'all know what a giraffe is, don't you? It's a horse put together by a Southern Baptist committee. <laughs> we don't have committees in our church. We have teams. We have teams. We, we work together. But, but think about this. They didn't get a committee. They didn't vote on it. They didn't have a strategy. They didn't do any of that. God spoke to his man, and his man went back and said, okay, I got a word from the Lord, and the Lord said, this is what we're supposed to do. And can you imagine somebody said, I vote no. <laughs> why? Brother Hezekiah, why are you voting no? Well, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We ain't never done anything like this before. Well, brother, has, I don't care. I don't care. I, it doesn't make any sense. Look at those walls over there and all those people. They ain't a bunch of words. We're just a bunch of, we're just a bunch of vagabond Jews. We've been just, look, man, we just came out of the wilderness. No. Josh said, this is what God says. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. We're going to love the way of the Lord. What does that mean? It means be faithful. Be faithful. Do you know you can't be faithful if you're not faithful to the church? Because you serve God through the church. Uh, this, this Lone Ranger business, mm -mm. Mm -mm. he even had Tonto, amen? I mean, we, we got to have, we need each other. We need each other. See, whether you realize, you, you blessed us this week. I've had a good time, but you blessed me. I told Shane, I just, man, y'all about to preach me down. Listen, under, understand, we, we are faithful. You serve through the church. How is God reaching the world today? Through the church, through the church, through the church. He's not going to do it through one evangelist. He's not going to do it through this that here. He's not going to do it through that. He is going to do it through the local New Testament church. That's the way God set it up. That's the way God did it. God's not going to change his mind. He doesn't need your advice or your opinion. God says, let the church go. The church is to go forward. The church is to carry the gospel. That's what we're supposed to do. Read the book of Acts. Now, you love the way of the Lord. That, it doesn't make sense. See, God always works contrary to human logic. You understand that? Every, every, you, you look at that. Now, even this, remember the woman in, in the Old Testament that, that was, her sons were about to be sold and she didn't have anything but a little bit of oil? And Jesus, you know, God says, hey, go, go and get all these, all these empty vessels, all you can. Then you shut your house up and get in there and you take that little oil and start pouring. And she did. She did. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you want me to pour that little bit of oil in all these empty vessels? See, we would, we would want to do an analysis on of that. Well, she, she disobeyed God, and she kept pouring. And you know what? She just kept pouring, and she kept pouring, and she poured, and she poured, and she poured. Listen, she didn't run out of oil. She ran out of vessels. You can't, you can't, listen, you're not going to tax the supply of God. You're not going to bankrupt heaven. I hear these people say, well, I won't give my money. You have lost your mind. You think God needs your money? Do you? He's God. He is God. He gave you what you have. It's His anyway. And, and think about this. We get so arrogant and so prideful. Thinking that, folks, we are nothing but sinners. We should go to hell. 
But God in his mercy has reached down and saved us and said, I love you. And you know what? I love you so much I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to come and indwell in you and I'm going to use you because I love you. He doesn't have to do that. We don't deserve that. But he does it because he loves us. Because he loves us. You see, we learn the way of the Lord. Now, verse 4, then we live out the wishes of the Lord. Look at verse 4. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. In other words, there be no triumph without trust. You know what God's telling Joshua? He said, Joshua, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? It's hard when everybody else is against you, folks. It is. When you're the only one, when you're the only one in the room, it says, "Well, God said that. I know what God said, and I'm just going to, I'm going to stand right here." It's hard. See, peer pressure. You, you deal with that of wanting to be like other folks. You know how diving bells work. You know why they can go to such depths? Because they offset the pressure from the outside with the pressure on the inside. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Joshua, he said, this is what we're going to do. Joshua, will you trust me? Now, these people, they could not have been Baptists. I, I'm telling you, I've I, I got Bible. You say, how do you know that? They had to walk two hours to get there. I don't mean Baptist going to walk 15 minutes to go somewhere. But they had to walk two hours to get there. But this is the clincher. It took about 25 to 35 minutes for them to walk around. And they had to walk. And they were all in line marching. And nobody could say nothing. Somebody's going to say something. In the church, well, somebody just needs to say something. You ever heard that? You know what? Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is not say nothing. Sometimes the most spiritual thing to do is nothing. Just nothing. Why? Because God's working. Just thou shalt not sweat it. Amen? Just, hey, don't worry about it. And it's hard. I'm preaching to me now. I mean, I'm going through, we're going through it right now. But I'm telling you, it, it's hard, folks. You see, when people come to Jesus, when there's growth, when there is going to be victory, if we're going to have it, we've got to do it God's way, but there are always going to be Jerichos. There are always going to be those difficulties. So they had to walk around and nobody say a word. Don't you, hey, don't you know all those people in Jericho was looking out the windows. <laughs> They're looking over the walls. Those people are crazy. I heard about those people at that church. They, they clap. You ever heard it? They clap. I've had people say, well, pastor, you know, preacher, you don't understand. I don't want anybody to think I'm a Pentecostal. I said, you ain't got nothing to worry about. I don't want to be the happy clappies. I'd rather be a happy clapping the frozen chosen. Amen. I, I, I want to, I, I don't want to be joy in the house. And, and there are people, listen, folks, if y'all do what you're supposed to do around here, they, folks going to talk about y'all. They are. I told you God gave us that bowling alley. Man, we had, people got mad at us. I thought a woman's going to whip my minister of music in Winn-Dixie. She said, don't you know I got to drive to Philadelphia to bowl now? People call them, well, no, before we're going to open the bowling alley. I said, we're not in the bowling alley business. We're in the Jesus business. I said, the world's lost their mind. Goodness knows. Listen, folks, you just do what God says, and people are going to think you have lost your mind. You hear me? They will think you're crazy. But I tell you what, God 
will honor his word. And, and, when, and when God, listen, he honors the word when he shows up, it's not going to be about anybody else, it's going to be about him. All right, you walk around and nobody say a word. So you live the wishes of the Lord. You walk around this place. You be quiet. Nobody say a word. They may throw vegetables at you or rocks at you. They may curse you out. They may laugh at you. They may call you weird and unusual. But you just keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. And then what happens? When we do that, we look for the victory of the Lord. What happened? Joshua did everything that he was told to do. What is obedience? Obedience is doing what God says, when God says it, where God says it, and how God says it. And if you leave any of those out, you have been totally disobedient to God. Do you understand that? He had to do everything God told him to do. And what happened? They, they went, they marched that last day. Don't you know they wanted to shout? They'd been saving it up. They'd been wanting to shout. I like to see people that have been saving it up. You ever see people like that, David? God gets a hold of them, and they get to shout, and it scares everybody. I was preaching in church one time, and I was talking about Jesus and the resurrection, and man, it, it got right in that place. And there was this little old lady sitting in that church. And I'm talking about, we're in a Baptist church in town. <laughs> yeah. And man, we were having a time. Boy, God was moving. And that little lady would have been the most unlikely. She was just the quietest little meek person. And I had a couple of preacher friends there to come to the revival meeting. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what happened, but she'd been saving up. And God got a hold of that woman, and that little old woman started shouting. She started shouting. She, it scared me. <laughs> I was preaching. I looked over at the pastor, and he looked at me like, oh, you preached yourself into it, preach yourself out of it. <laughs> a friend of mine who came, he said, I don't know what God did for that woman, but it was wonderful. Man, if nobody else got happy, she got happy. God did something for her that night. God spoke to her in a way that, at that point, she just couldn't help it. She just, she just shouted. When she got through, that was it. She didn't shout anymore. But see, what I'm telling you is they waited on God. They did what God said. And finally, when they went around that last time on that seventh day, and they blew those horns, Joshua said, let them have it. And they started shouting. When they shouted, let me tell you something, those walls began to shake. And they fell down flat. They took the city. How did they take the city? They took the city because what did they do? They listened to the word of the Lord. They learned the will of the Lord. They loved the way of the Lord. They lived out the wishes of the Lord. And they walked in the victory of the Lord. And church, I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter who comes and preaches. It does not matter what you do, what kind of programs you do. None of that. Unless you're going to obey God from your heart. And that's what God's telling us. Are we going to obey Him? I had a friend of mine, he's one of the finest Christian guys you ever meet. He's like a brother to me. I'd been praying, I've been praying through something for a few months. And he told me last week, he said, Danny, I don't know why, you know, I don't know anything about where you're going in Georgia. But he said, I want you to know you're going to be there for a purpose. And you know, God may have brought Jan and I from Mississippi this week, and you may be that one person that God's done something for. It's worth it all.
But there's somebody here that God's Holy Spirit has spoken to. He's been speaking to you long before this preacher came. The man of God, your pastor, has been preaching the word. Your staff's been preaching the word. Your staff's been living God before you. You know the truth. And God's bringing you to the place you're at the river. Amazement, what I believe God's trying to tell you is this. Y'all come a long way. I don't know your past. I don't know all what's going on with you. But I can look around and tell y'all come a long way. God's been good to you, hadn't he? But you're just getting started. God's saying, do you want to come over here? And do you want to see Jericho fall? And do you want to take the land? Yes, Lord. Yes, God, that's what I want. God says, obey me. Now, this is what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. Our last night invitation. I'm going to ask you, just like these Israelites, they got across the river, they renewed covenant. How long has it been? Let me ask you something, sir. Has your wife ever seen you come and kneel in an altar or stand in an altar? And say, God, today's the day. I'm doing business with you. There's somebody here, God been calling you to preach. You're running from it. There's someone here, God may be calling you to the mission field. You tell God you can't do it. God's told you to do something. You say, I can't afford it got something in your life that God says that has to be dealt with and you won't deal with it I'm going to ask you tonight would you come we're not talking about air and laundry or this or that I'm talking about publicly come and just get here it may say God publicly I'm coming God I give up God I want you to do a new work in me God, I want to have a brand new start. I want to leave here with a brand new start. It may be you need to come and say, Pastor Shane, I just, I, I've never been saved. And in this number, I'm sure there's somebody, you've just really never met Jesus, and you need to know him tonight. And you can be saved. And God's been dealing with you, and you, you don't have any assurance, and you need to settle that tonight. There's someone here tonight, God's been speaking to you about baptism. And you give every excuse, and you got your idea and all of that, and what you need to do is obey this book and obey God. And come tonight and say, Pastor, I need a believer's baptism. And then tonight, I want to ask you, let's come and pray. What county are y'all in? Jackson County. You need to have such a burden that you believe Jackson County Commerce, Georgia, Maysville, Georgia, Jefferson County, Banks County, that they're all going to go to hell if Maysville doesn't rise up and give them Jesus. Not what other church does, what we're going to do. We've got to become laser-focused on doing God's will. Let's stand our feet. Bow our heads and close our eyes. Pastor Shane, the staff's going to come. We're going to pray. Brother Phil's going to come and lead us. This marriage is going to come and play for us. And can we do just as I am? That's the way you got to come. Just as I am without one plea. P-L-E-A, that's a legal term. You don't cut any deals with God. Come just like you are. Sunday school teacher, you may be the only Bible someone reads this week. Youth worker, you may be the only Bible somebody reads. I mean, you may be the only hope these kids have have of hearing Jesus mom and dad your kids are going to follow you somewhere where you're going grandparent you can make a difference we're going to pray do we really want God to do something for us this week I've shared my heart and shared what God says in his word father in Jesus name Lord, thank you for the great honor and privilege to even say the name of Jesus. 
God, that great honor and privilege to tell people that you love them. God, that you can forgive them, that there's hope, that hope is in Jesus. God, there's someone, their marriage is not where it needs to be. They're, they're having trouble with a child, their, their, their parent situation. They're, God, they're, it's at school, they're, they're kids, they're neighbors, their brother, sister, mom, or dad. God, please, would you intervene mightily tonight? Would you break our hearts for Jesus? God, please, God, I pray for revival. God, for this church, for your people. God, this church on this hill would be a beaming light to this region. People say they love folks over at Maysville. They believe the Bible over there. They preach the Bible. They teach the Bible. God, help your people here to catch that vision, to be soul winners, to be passionate about Jesus. We pray, God, for cleansing tonight, forgiveness, restoration, for healing, and for help. God, would you draw your net? Help men to be men. Help men to lead and stand. And help women, God, to stand and to be willing to obey you. And these students, God, to go back in their school, back on their team, and said, you know what? I know Jesus. God, please, this is your time. Break the power of doubt, fear, and unbelief, of rebellion, apathy, and religion, and draw your net and your invitation. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing, would you come? Come on. Come on. Don't wait. Bring your family. Come on. Let's pray. If you need to be saved, come on. Quit playing games with God. Come on. Come to Jesus. Come. You got a Jericho, give it to God. Come on. Are you going to get across the river tonight? Come on. You've been dealing with something, you need to lay it down. You need victory. You need victory. Come on. These men are here to pray with you. This pastor is here to pray with you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Are you real? Is he real in your life? We continue to sing. Come on, there's somebody here. You need to come. Come on. You've been running from God. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. People still praying. You come on. Do what you need to do. Would you give up to Jesus tonight? Let's bow our heads as Miss Marion plays very softly just a moment more. And the pastor is going to speak to you. Don't you listen to me? I believe that there's a war going on right now somebody's life in your mind you think if I can get out of here I'm not gonna I'll deal with this later you may never have another opportunity to come to Jesus God God's brought you to this place tonight as a believer and he's asking you will you lay this down will you give it up for me will you trust me will you trust me 
Nobody can do for you what you can do for yourself. Nobody can wear your armor. You got to do your fighting. Yeah, we can have help, but you got to be in the battle yourself. There's somebody here, his pastor's waiting on you. These men of God are here. Say, I don't know what I would save. Preacher, I, I can't even talk about this. You come, they'll pray with you. But are you willing to give it to Jesus tonight? Been a long time since you heard from him. He's talking to you tonight. Would you come? You say, well, I, I serve. I'm in the, it doesn't matter. Do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Are you walking with God? Are you obeying him?